Welcome back to Top Shelf Disney Animation Studios Library, the podcast where we decided, apparently, to watch all the Disney Animated Studios Library films, starting right. from Snow White and moving all the way up to Moana. Again, I'm just stealing everything TC is saying, because I'm pretty certain, after this point, my only comment is going to be a grunt. Mm, we'll <laughs> and see. And TC we'll is see. just going to talk for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> welcome back, everybody. I'm Jeff. And then hello, TC. Welcome back again for another episode. Here we are. Yeah, I've actually deleted my first line of notes, which is telling everybody that what we're watching. Oh, at fantastic. Least the, the, library, the library we're watching of Snow White tomorrow, <laughs> which you've handled. Um, I'm so glad Jeff, that I was able good. to remove a line from your 28 pages worth of notes for this week's episode. <laughs> uh. I do, I do have quite a bit of notes on this. Um, <laughs> thanks to our, thanks to our listeners, um, which up front, thank you guys for you. We've we're overwhelmed with with questions and comments this week. Yeah, it definitely uh, so we'll seems our, like a, a lot of people had had their opinions they wanted to get out this week, which is awesome. Yeah, I I want to I want to be surprised. That there's such strong feelings about this movie, but I'm I'm not surprised. That's the <laughs> it is the general climate of movie watching now, and it, and has been for the past several years, which is a movie's either the best or the worst, and you cannot play the middle. And if you play the middle, you're wrong. Whatever. But uh, th- <laughs> th- this this movie we watched is is easily one of the most significant pop cultural touchstones in the last five years. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Just just from a point of view of the impact it had on the world not in mm-hmm. a maybe not necessarily in a while well, that really changed the way we think about films but just yeah. the way it impacted the world that we know you know basically mm. <laughs> <laughs> well for those people who may have clicked on this without without reading the title what did you watch this week first off how dare you people i cannot believe you are just so willy-nilly with your podcast listening Number yes. two. <laughs> yeah. Number two, thank you for listening. Yeah. Yeah, yes, 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 please. Please don't turn off. Please, please stay. Yeah. Don't leave. We like you, uh, <laughs> despite the crap that I say. But uh, number two, we watched, or I guess number three now at this point, we watched number 53 <laughs> on our list, which is 20, mm-hmm. 2013's Frozen. Frozen, yes. <clears throat> named, named as such to uh, prevent people from uh, Googling Walt Disney and Frozen and getting so many hits about him being cryogenically frozen in, in, uh, in stasis, uh, which is why this is that's the only reason that they named the movie Frozen, because it certainly doesn't have layers of subtext to that title. It's, just all, it's all about trying to just cover up that conspiracy theory, which, you know, is obviously true and uh yeah. <laughs> and with that we're done folks so that was all for this week's episode i hope you guys enjoyed it tc we're thinking no <laughs> uh, frozen we have we've watched frozen oh <laughs> uh, you know so okay i just want to right off the bat right at the start of this mm-hmm. episode because i do know as, as tc kind of already made a comment and i know everybody who's listening to it or this episode anybody who commented on anybody i've talked to in real life too Whenever I've told them that, you know, we're going to do Frozen, you kind of get from the majority of the people, you get the same general response, which is just, Mm -hmm. it's a terrible movie. This is stupid. I hate that thing. Why are you watching it? That sort of, that sort of response. Yeah. Yeah. Because it does seem to get a lot of hatred. The movie does. It does. I and honestly, it's funny because I said it's either the best or the worst, just commenting on how people critique films nowadays. I, I... I feel like half the response responses we got were a lot of ugh. <laughs> but there there are some 
massive fans of this movie. Uh, several of our commenters love this movie. Uh, some of the people that I've talked to over the week leading up to this, uh, I, uh, one, one person in particular, even bringing up the film brought her to tears, though she's a <laughs> emotionally unstable person, so that might have something to do with it. But that's besides the point. Um, but it's, 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 I, I understand that, I guess we could jump into this right here mm-hmm. before we dig into kind of our feelings about it. One of the reason this movie, one of the reasons this movie has such a a significant uh, reaction from people is yep. because of the ov- the oversaturation of this film yep. into the pop culture. There's when when something is shoved in your face again and again and again, and you're told it's good, good, it's good. You're wrong if you don't think it's good. You're wrong. Like that is going to elicit a response of "Don't tell me I'm wrong." You know what? I, I you're wrong. You know, like it's <laughs> that is just human nature, and. Yeah. This movie was every, everywhere. This movie's still everywhere. Girl, I, I can't tell you how many Elsa and Anna's I saw dressed up for Halloween just this past November, uh, October. When, when is Halloween? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halloween falls every year in June. Um, okay, that's yeah, yeah. in in the worlds that TC and I live in. So, which are again <laughs> Earth three and five. I'm pretty positive. Mm-hmm, right, so, right. it's a little different here. Here, here yeah. <laughs> uh, let it let it go. If we can talk about that just for a moment. Please do. It's, obje- it's objectively a great song. It really is. And the fact that Adina Menzel is the one singing it makes it all the more powerful. Uh, if you have any sort of love for musical theater, knowing that that's the original Alphabet, knowing that that is the original Marine from Rent. Like, from Rent, she's, yes. she's She's legendary. And to to make her the voice of, of Elsa, the Let It Go is such a... that. The, the the effect that that song has ne- uh, when it came out and to this day is, I I think identical to "I Will Always Love You" by Whitney Houston from the nineties, like, mm-hmm. or or Celine Dion's um, song from Titanic, the "My Heart Will Go On." The effect that that song has on the emotional core of people is <laughs> is so insane. But that movie that song was overplayed. Although if it was overplayed. You're just listening to the wrong radio stations because you certainly weren't going to hear "Let It Go" unless you heard the metal version on any <laughs> rock station. <laughs> <laughs> Which I have heard some covers of that song, and I'm not going to lie, some of the covers are pretty dang good. Uh... Oh yeah, yeah. It, uh, funnily enough, that song. One of the reasons this, this is a tangent from the song itself. <laughs> the key, the key on it, if you drop the key, is perfect for like a low tenor voice. It's not like. Uh, it's a it's a powerful song. It's a belting song in the soprano range. But if you just drop it down, it's perfect for a dude to sing too. And I think that's that's another quality of the of the song that makes it so good to people is that anyone can sing it if you can carry a tune. Interesting. <laughs> I never yeah, thought I, about doing that. Well, okay, yeah. and, and, and unfortunately, not unfortunately, this is just Idina Mazel's uh, vocal range is so uh, such a unique. You know, range and just octave. You know, it's like she sings mm-hmm. in a not in a weird key, but it's just her tone of voice. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe maybe they they had to pitch it up to be within her range a little bit more, which is more of her uh, modern yeah. day Alphaba, you know, style <laughs> she, and less of Maureen. Uh, we got we got this song for you. Let me. Okay, can you? Yeah, just raise it up. Yeah, a yeah. little more. Like, yeah, what? a little more. What's the highest? I'm gonna go to the higher note. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what? But, what? The the hype on this movie was everywhere, right? And and less of a commentary on Frozen itself, but this Disney had has has perfected the art of appeal. Okay, they mm-hmm. they have teams of people who figure out every little thing that will sell a movie. 
right? They don't think of it. They think of it strictly from a business sense. They don't think it from an art. Think from an art sense. They have their little checklist of things that they they expertly know will make all the money on the earth, which right. they have. And this this is I know that's a very cynical way to look at at how movies are made. But as we've said before, as many people have said before, making movies is a business. And no one has perfected that business more than Disney. I mean, Marvel, Star Wars, Pixar, these animated films are a product of a machine that is... There might not be a a more well-oiled running of this machine in the history of Disney. I, I, I can't... Even the Renaissance did not achieve what this revival era has achieved in terms of of marketing and and money making right i, I think it's because it's just it's everywhere um it, well yeah because it knows they know they definitely knew how to market it they knew where to put yeah. it they knew that they could throw it it's it's it reminds me i mean again this is what disney is and mel brooks made a really good gag of it back in the back in the 80s and space balls yeah. with star <laughs> yes. wars but it's the whole merchandising is where the real mm-hmm. money from the movie is made and it's putting it on everything there has there is there is literally a if if a thing exists there's a frozen mm. version of it in some <laughs> capacity. I am positive. Used to be, you used to be able to say that about Star Wars. If it exists, there's a Star Wars version of it. Right. <laughs> now, and now, now it's it feels frozen. like, yes, there is. It's frozen. <laughs> okay. Do, do I think that this movie cut corners because they knew how to appeal to five-year-olds? Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, but, but once that machine is moving, then it is up to the creative people involved to find a way... Uh, to inject artistry into the filmmaking, into this product, and I, and that, that not just in Frozen, but just in the machine in general. We've seen this in in mer- varying degrees of success, right? Rogue One is a messy film, but damn it, if it doesn't look good, right? Right. Um, oh yeah. Uh, uh, what um, Marvel? Um, like Ant Man. Ant Man might be a rather bland film, but you can't say Paul Rudd and Mike Douglas and Michael Pena aren't completely invested in the performances, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's it, yes, the machine wants this. How do you do that and also satisfy some sort of creativity? Uh, Pascal from Tangled was clearly a check mark on a box. Hey, give us a cute character that we can sell toys of. Right. But that box checked off now they and then they turned him into the cutest possible thing they could did they do that with olaf let's determine that later <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, that, and and again this movie definitely yeah does not uh, does not skimp on any of the traditional disney not no, I don't want to say tropes. That's not the right mm-hmm. term. But yeah, those check boxes, those check those marks. Check boxes. Yep. Hey, what do we got? We've got uh, you know we've got a sympathetic hero. We have a villain who just wants to rule power. We have uh, we have a funny or we have the the real romantic esque character that the main character should fall mm-hmm. in love with, but it doesn't necessarily animal right away. Sidekick. His animal sidekick. We've got a goofy car- like goofy character that is. Mostly there just for humor, uh, mm-hmm. and not really any other reason, but also to sell toys. <laughs> um, we got the catchy, quote unquote, showstopper song of the movie. Yep, yep. Uh, it, it does; it hits every single checkbox. And again, we could you could flat out argue that for all like ninety percent of the movies that we've watched, because like you said, it's it's Disney, and Disney kind of has a formula for what they know works, so they can make money off of this. 
Right. And, you know. and it's it those checkboxes aside, right? Then and, and yep. though though at this point in this conversation we do sound like we're being rather critical of of the, the Disney production, right? Mm-hmm. Um so so much more just a, I don't feel like Laster's hand is as readily visible in this as we'd seen in Wreck It Ralph Entangled. Right. Um or, or Bolt even. Yeah. Uh, it it does not this movie part of that finding its voice situation, right? Like separating itself from Pixar. This movie doesn't feel like Pixar. This movie feels like Disney. But all that aside, it looks good. It's acted good. It's, there's a lot of beautiful stuff in this movie and let's discuss that now. (laughs) So Jeff, you've seen this before. Yes. (laughs) Guys, for yeah. the record, I have, and this is kind of what I was going back into, or this is kind of what I was leaning towards a little bit when I first started the, hey, look, I watched this with a clean eye, or I watched it with a new critical eye for this podcast, but mm-hmm. guys, I've, se- I've seen this movie, okay? I have two <laughs> young girl nieces, you know, two nieces, I was going to say girl nieces, but <laughs> those are nieces, um, <laughs> I have two nieces who were right at the correct age for this movie when it came out. I had one that was three years old and I had another one that was seven. Um, so <laughs> it was just, snowman? yep. And even to <laughs> well, this day, my youngest niece still, like she's got an Elsa dress. And she sings, mm-hmm. you want to build a snowman. She sings Frozen. She knows all the moves to it. Like she's yes. like, t- five years later and she's still doing it. You know, if, if you, if you have a, a, a little girl in your life in 2013 to, and even right now, You've seen this movie, seen and you've it. probably seen it ad nauseum. Yep. And and here's the thing: though your nieces, my nieces, my you know uh, the the girls that I have in my life that love this movie, they they check off a very important box in being a fan of this movie. They're a girl. Yeah. I don't mean that. I don't mean that to be. I'm not trying to say that as a bad thing. I'm saying this movie is targeted very well towards Go, sisters <laughs> right go and going back to way like way way back when, when we originally discussed the fact that disney kind of bounced back and forth between a movie being more for you know girls and maybe the next one to be more for got boys and mm-hmm. they kind of bouncing mm-hmm. back and forth you could argue that last week's episode uh of wreck it ralph could very well have been geared a little more towards guys like more oh, towards certainly. boys and, it's and next games. week as well next yeah. week is superheroes right yeah. so it's like yeah they still play that they swing that pendulum between more targeted towards boys more targeted towards girls but jeff i'm curious though you've seen this probably way too many times to talk about yeah did you see it in, did you see it in theaters i never saw it in theaters i only okay. ever saw it at home interesting okay um i i I did see this in theaters, and really? I was I was I was more or less interested. I worked at a movie theater at the time, so I saw everything. <laughs> but I I was more or less interested in seeing seeing this. I had already had a love for Princess and the Frog and Tangled, so I was well, I was into it. Um, uh, I can remember the advertisements for this were were nice because they weren't showing clips from the movie; they just had little short bits with Olaf saying, "Oh, come see the movie," and Josh Gad doing the voice, but. I, I can specifically remember a moment in the theater, sitting there, the first less than ten minutes, thinking, "Wow, this is a musical." They, they I don't, I couldn't at the time. Like, did they have they stopped singing for the first ten minutes here? By the time, like, for nope. the first time forever, hit its bridge was when my mind went, "Wow, there's a lot of music in this." We had already heard four songs in the <laughs> first ten minutes of this movie. Yep. That's a, that's incredible. Uh, and the song that I'm sure everyone forgets, which is the um, 
the uh, Beware the Frozen Heart opening number. Here it up. Oh, take it up. Here. The whole like ice, the, the ice, the, uh, right? Like the, the, the ice block song in the beginning. Is yeah, that yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that one, yeah. Um, but it's, it's there, there. I remember thinking in the theater, wow, there is a lot of music in this. Um, but uh, what, what were your feelings the first time you saw it? Well I, well, I guess, what were your feelings going into it now for watching this? Like, did you, we've we've been building up to this for for some reason and, and reasons to be determined by others i guess this was the one movie that i don't know people were most anticipating us discussing it seems based on the fact that i have over 30 tweets and comments to dig through for this episode <laughs> there was there was a lot of comments and i just i kept reading every I, every single comment that came through on the facebook page at least yeah. i was reading those and i was just amazed at how many people were in response and wanting mm-hmm. wanted to make their voice be heard and clear for this particular <laughs> film. But what what were your feelings about going into watching this again? So going into it, I mean, I'm I, I had a lot of preconceived thoughts regarding the film. I had mm-hmm. I have a very strong opinion about the movie itself prior to watching it for this view. So right. I I but I still did. I went into it going, no, I want to look at it. Again, as I said before, with an open eye, op- looking at it from, hey, this is the 53rd Disney movie in over a year, almost a year and a half that I've watched. I want to see mm-hmm. it from that perspective. I want to see it in this, in in the the ever growing, you know, Disney way or 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 system or machine or whatever you want to refer to it as. But I wanted to see it from that point of view. I wanted to see is this the logical step for the company? Was this the logical step for a story where the world was at the time? All that. All that sort of stuff. Yeah. It, and then uh, I, I was sim- trying yeah. to watch it as just, a, at the same time I was trying to watch it as just somebody who wanted to watch a movie. Mm-hmm. And and I was immediately taken back to my initial thoughts while watching the movie for the first time. Because, again, obviously when I first saw this movie, I didn't I didn't know. I didn't know I was going to walk away from it with such a strong opinion. Like, why would I? Uh, I've seen bad movies in my day. I've seen really good movies in my day. And I've, I've walked away from, uh, you know, watching films surprised that the my opinion went one way or another. But mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was immediately reminded of a lot of my original opinions about this film and my a lot of my original thoughts. And it was a lot of, wait, why is why are they doing that? Wait, why aren't, why isn't this what they're doing? Wait, this really is the villain song, and it was changed, so it's not the villain song. Wait, she should be the bad guy. Why is like it's that, and it was all right. of that sort of thing. Because, as a lot of our listeners obviously know, you and I do tend to focus very heavily on story and you know plot, you know like the plot development and character mm-hmm. arcs and and <clears throat> like the growth of a particular character, and and that's unfortunately I I it's hard for me to get out of that mindset, so I. I got stuck a lot on story and right. a lot and of the story bothers me. You're, you're, you're not wrong. We, we do focus, we do tend, our, our thoughts tend to lean first to script, to story, to the plotting of characters and, and, and how they're guided across the board. Absolutely. I, I know that's how I initially look at a film mm-hmm. aside from just sitting back, soaking it in and enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, looking at it from structure is something that that we look at. I there's a misconception from some of our listeners that I don't like this movie. Uh, maybe <laughs> it's just how we've dis- as we've built up to it. Me saying to people, 
all right, strap in. I, you got got to be an open mind about this. Maybe that came across with me just talking to myself. Just for the record, everybody, TC does not hate this movie. I'm the one that hates this movie. Well, <laughs> please we're, continue. We're going to we'll we'll find out where we land on this things. But yes, uh, yes. when this movie came out uh, for my other podcast that I have, the Rewatchman, every year we do our top ten. In 2013, this was my number one movie of the year. Really? It beat, and, and it narrowly beat out another movie that year that was my number two, which has a very divisive opinion about it. I won't bring it up now unless you force me to, but another movie that I really, really, really like that other people really, really, really hate. So at the time in 2013, my my one-two ended up being two movies that have gone on to be very, as I said, divisive. Um, so going in... And, and I've seen this multiple times. I I think I saw it twice in theaters, but I've watched it a few times once it was out on video. Um, and sitting down for this, I was, much like you said, now that we've gone through this library in order, I, I had a different perception of it as I watched it. And I tried to set aside some of the preconceived notions I had about it and just uh, attempt to see what other people are seeing in it. Um, you know, my opinion aside trying to enjoy it, trying to nitpick it. Um, and uh, I had I had fun. That, uh, so this is based on Hans Christian Andersen's The Snow Queen. Right. right? I'm, I'm sure you're aware of that. We've gone back to the tradition of, uh, of a Disney movie being based on previous material, specifically a fairy tale. Right. Um, oh, and by the way, I think it's super neat that we have a Hans, a Kristoff, and an Anna, Hans Christian oh, yeah. Andersen. That's pretty oh, cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, a Han, but... a Kristoff, a Sven, so that way you get your Han Kristoffsen. Oh, I didn't even think of the or Sven. An, that's great. Anna Sven, Anna Sven, yeah. I think it's supposed to be the Anderson. Yeah, That's great. I yep. did not think of it. Yep. Um, but uh, I don't know I'm if not going to lie. I did think that was pretty cool. Okay, That is pretty cool. Uh, the Snow Queen is considered by scholars to be the best piece of literature written by Hans Christian Andersen. It's also his longest Um this is this is one that that literary critics look to and cite as, hey, this guy didn't just write parables and fairy tales. He could legitimately write real proper, brilliant literature. And the Snow Queen is that. Uh, however, <laughs> this is definitely Disney-fied <laughs> based yep. on the oh, source yeah. material. Now, uh, I remember I, reading real quick, just not to interrupt you, but I remember reading yeah, yeah, real yeah. quick that this was a movie that had been in production or they, they wanted to make it ever since, like, before Snow White. Oh, this yeah, this goes back to Walt's original. I think Walt Walt Disney, when he sat down and conceptualized making feature film, animated films, this was in his his list of ten or five or ten movies. He's like, here's the ones we're gonna try to make, and they could never over the course of seventy five years. That's how long this movie kept cycling around. Was oh, should we go back to this? Should we go back to this? And until the the chemistry was right to craft what Frozen was, they could never crack the code of what this movie could be, right? They, mm-hmm. when, when Walt was involved, he didn't want it to be like Cinderella. He didn't want it to be like Snow White. So then they couldn't find any way to do it without, without making it like the two. Then they did Sleeping Beauty and saw the, the fallacy of making it too much like their previous work. So then again, it went on the shelf. And um, So yeah, this is something that has been on the Disney possibility list for a long long time uh, but i i recommend going to the wikipedia and just reading the plot to the snow queen 
because it is a much much darker story, <laughs> which is often which is often the case for a lot of these movies. But uh, and that's not a dig because uh, you know it's it's like Wicked. People know Wicked, the Broadway musical, but the book that Wicked oh, is, yeah. is based on is very different, much darker. Yes. The sequel's called Son of the Witch, and it's uh, yeah, it's a much darker take. So I am not faulting Disney for for Disney-fying a dark no. story. Because we've definitely we have definitely discussed that that yeah like you said they've done that before they did that with Little Mermaid Little Mermaid mm-hmm. is a lot darker Ariel dies at the she end dies. of that book yeah. okay guys <laughs> like it's a very oh. different story quick quick sidebar to from the adaptation of something different to something uh, in Princess and the Frog um, I think it was Wyatt said that um, Raymond was like the American Jiminy Jiminy Cricket yep right in the original Pinocchio Jiminy Cr- Jiminy Cricket gets stepped on. And killed. And oh, that's, that's how. Right. So sorry. Just, just I wanted to throw that out there because it just struck me in talking about adaptation. Um, but uh, yeah, so the Snow Queen is what Frozen is based on. And seriously, go check out the Wikipedia. Take you take you two minutes to read the plot synopsis and go, dang, <laughs> very <laughs> that different. Like a, that sounds like a late '90s, early 2000 Tim Burton movie back when he <laughs> made good movies. <laughs> oh, I miss those days. Anyways. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> animation. This movie looks good. The movie this looks is, good. I, yeah, it's, it it's, does. I, I'm I'm not gonna lie. There there are a few moments in it that it didn't look its best. But I do know this movie had a lot of like production changes and a lot of like, all right, no, we're going this way. We're changing this. We're we're redoing mm-hmm. this. Once they heard the Let It Go song, they changed. They they kind of rewrote the character of Elsa a little bit and shifted production yep. towards yep. making it a positive song and not mm-hmm. as much of the villain. Uh, <clears throat> so I'm sure like maybe the little pieces that I had noted, which again it's not off, it's not a lot. It's just like there's one or two spots where I'm like, oh the the lighting doesn't look nearly as good as the rest of the mm-hmm. movie did. But like when 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 uh, Anna goes to the the <clears throat> not to be jumping around, but. When Anna goes to the, the, the that hut in the middle of the snow, uh, where she meets the the guy who's who she's who's trying she's trying Hello. to Hello, like, how yeah. are you? Oh, that, that, that first off, <laughs> so that's I'm beautiful. Out sale. <laughs> that's beautiful. <laughs> it's two sneeze like ski shoes and like a blanket. <laughs> like that scene, be- it looks beautiful. Like it's a nice, warmly lit. It's gorgeously animated, and it's mm. also a funny scene that feels mm. more in line with like Tangled. And a little less yes. in line with this film, but sorry, yeah. I digress. Does no, look no, no, pretty, no, no, no. except for like one or two little spots. Honestly, the thing that bugs me the most about this movie, I will, it does not look as good as Tangled, but Tangled no. being such a lush environment gives it more of an opportunity to be more beautiful. Whereas right. existing in a white pile of snow, there's only so many ways you can. They've found some really neat ways to make this movie look good, but the thing that kind of bugs me the most about this movie and this is super minor but it's something that i've noticed i think their eyes are too big i think that that we've we've gone full disney eyes here if you look at the if you just line up the princesses their eyes just keep getting bigger and bigger and it's like a third of their head is right. their eyeballs <laughs> i was just gonna say so we're going so large that now it's just a pair of eyes with a nose attached to it and that's that's all we're getting it's, right now <laughs> that is super minor i i just it's something that struck me in watching it this time that yeah but, looked... but that is something that's that is something good to point out because i was trying to figure out there i had noticed that there was something there was some and I couldn't. I see. I can't even put it into words right now as I'm trying to reiterate what you just said. But there was. I noticed there was something 
off about the characters and mm-hmm. I didn't know what it was. They still look very much so like the Disney-esque character design that we've kind of fell into and been, ad- you know, like like we were discussing. It's, I think we yeah, discussed that during Tangled, right? Yes, yeah, their, stand- like, their standard now is, is this right. like, yeah. And and I just thought, well, maybe maybe it's that or or whatever. But no, you know what? Their eyes being bigger than they had been in the past. I bet you that is it because everybody does have very gigantic eyes, and it's kind of scary. <laughs> it's kind of scary. It's me. just a detail that struck me, and also that they don't move as fluidly as Tangled and Wreck It Ralph move. There's a little bit of stiffness. The moment that strikes me the most is very cardboard is the silhouette dancing during uh, Love is an Open Door, where you mm-hmm. just see Hans and, and Anna dancing behind the the sail or the canvas. It's It looks very Paperman. <laughs> no, no, Paperman's good. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, do not kind of insult Paperman. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, but I, I love the voice of acting of Kristen Bell in particular. I, oh. I just like her, and mm-hmm. she plays the role so well. Um she, I know that she auditioned to play Rapunzel, that she was one of the options to play Rapunzel. And so they probably had her, they probably saw her coming for that and they're like, not Rapunzel, but we got something. Get get Kristen Bell back in here. <laughs> <laughs> we have a perfect part for her. And that is, yeah. that's a very good point to, to, to make, uh, you know, uh, in regard to this film, because despite all the potential bashing of it that I might be doing in this episode, um, or just not, you know, un- un- like, just uninterest in a lot of it. The voice acting is brilliant. They, all the actors do a fantastic job uh, doing, you know, doing what they're supposed to be doing. They all, I believe they all, I mean, I know Idina Menzel does, but, and I'm pretty positive Kristen Bell does too, but they all sing their songs too. They're yes, not, vo- it, they're not vocal doubles or anything. Nope. Everybody, everybody does their singing this. Um, and I, I won't go as so far to agree with you in that this is a brilliant cast of voice actors, but I will say that, for what the movie needed in terms of being far more Broadway, why not mm-hmm. get Adina Mazzella and Josh Gad, who oh, are yeah. and and um, uh, the guy who plays Kristoff is uh, straight out of Broadway as well. Like to have Broadway voices here, um, which is all more credit to Kristen Bell that she can hang with these Broadway stars, or maybe that's why she stands out more to me that she doesn't have possibly the stage theatricality that some of the other performances have. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I, her in particular, well, I love her performance and I love I love Anna as a character because of that. I will. I mean, I, I mean, yeah, could they have gotten different voice actors? Like, is it as solid of a voice casting as Tangled was or even as um, uh, Wreck-It, Ralph. Uh, Wreck-It Ralph was? Like, no, I mean, I'm sure they could have gotten, they could have gotten maybe somebody else. I could, I can't tell you who, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I can't off the top of my head think of somebody better. But the the actors that they have in it do a good job with what they have. Oh, yeah. Like, they're, you know. they're still great. They're still they're great. They're still I'm not, great. Not, oh, yeah, definitely. I just, I just don't think in terms of the ensembles we've seen before that this this does not stand up to Wreck-It Ralph and Tangled, in particular for talking yeah. about this era. Um, it's a, they're, they're perfectly adequate, and I don't mean that as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> like Josh Gad as Olaf is wonderful. Josh Gad has such a, a cute charm about him in in and that that uh, comes out through Olaf. That's like Kristen Bell has such a charm about her that comes out through um, Anna. Um, and it's funny because I feel like Elsa upstages everyone in this movie for mm-hmm. many reasons. And because she's written to be upstaging, she got Adina Menzel is one of the most wonderful, uh, one of the best uh, vocalists working today. 
Um, and and because she's so shoved in our face marketing wise that <laughs> you think of Elsa when you think of Frozen, but <clears throat> or you think of Olaf. I True. think I think of Anna first. I think of Kristen Bell first. I mean, that's just because you like her. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's okay. In all fairness, I, yeah. I, I like Kristen Bell, too. Yeah. I can't. I can't deny that whatsoever. <laughs> uh, so Something I noticed in this, because I, I keep track of these sort of things, there's 10 freaking songs in this movie. <laughs> oh, man. Full full numbers. Full production numbers. There's 10 right. songs in this movie. Not not even like, oh, it's a short little brief song, or it's not like a reprise. It's like, no, it's full-blown songs. Mm-hmm. It does, There's, and like you were saying earlier, it definitely hits that stride of, hey, this feels like a Broadway show, because yeah, yeah. so much exposition is given, and the plot is furthered throughout a many song in this film. Mm-hmm. It's, not just it does not Yeah, the, the songs aren't seamlessly interwoven, much like Tangled was. This feels more like those latter Renaissance movies, which I'm, I'll discuss again later. But, I mean, why not discuss it right now? It feels, it verges on too Broadway, which I know can turn people off, right? Mm-hmm. I particularly, I like stage musicals. It's I, I grew up performing them, so I have an affinity for musicals. Uh, oh, yeah. But I can, I can see that having these ten, having 10 songs in here, furthering the plot through suddenly breaking into song, like uh, in the reprise for um, first time in forever, when when Anna tells Elsa, "Hey, you froze the you froze the we're in eternal winter. Everything's in deep, deep, deep snow." And then they start <laughs> singing their conversation. Right. That is a very musical uh, yep. technique, and yep. I can I can see how that could turn people off. The, this movie feels much more like Pocahontas and Hunchback of Notre Dame. When it comes to feeling like a Broadway show, as opposed mm-hmm. to feeling like a movie musical, right? So. And again, that doesn't always necessarily hurt the film. It doesn't hurt the 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 storyline of it or oh, no, hurt no. the whole I, thing. Yeah. It's I, just like I said, it, I I like the the standards of of musicals, so I can accept yeah. that. But I can see how that could turn people off. Right, because because so, I feel like uh, like the general public, the general public will accept general public will accept. Uh, <laughs> sorry, How I Met Your Mother moment there. I apologize. Those of you who who watch How I Met Your Mother know me what I was doing, but uh, like I feel like the general public did it again. Will accept like songs on the occasional song, like again, like a, and like an Aladdin where there is a song and then there's a bunch of dialogue and then there's a song and then there's some you know, like there's. There's spacing to the amount of songs mm-hmm. versus the dialogue, and you know, there's not those moments like you described where they they're talking and they go into a song, which is flat out, uh, you know, old school Broadway. Um, it's a, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a it's it's such a broad it's such a theater thing. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. Once they get into this type of this type of music, it's harder for people to to be widely accepting to it because there are a lot of people who just don't like musicals like we like yeah. musicals and it's so sad it, when you that's when not you why of... i don't like it i like this movie <laughs> i like the music don't don't get yeah. me wrong the, the music is great in this like i said uh, let it go is is objectively a good song and uh, love is an open door i that song's great that's a great song um yeah it's a great duet i um even even going so far as uh, reindeers are better than people is a f- cute little <laughs> ditty, right? 
because that's the one that he's singing. Um, that's the one he's singing like in the Hail Bay, right? To, yeah, right. Uh, to Christoph, yeah, yeah. He's doing Christoph both voices. Christoph and Sven. He's like, you know, uh, which let's talk about that for a second. What a what a neat way to put a voice in the animal sidekick is having right. a guy who's a little nutty doing the voice for his animal side. But you know, let's be honest here. Anybody who has a pet out there has had full on conversations with their cat or their dog. Guys, I've had full on, yeah, exactly. I've done that myself. You kidding? (laughs) Cat is just shaking her head no. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I have, I have. (laughs) Um, So I I like that little little shtick about um, Kristoff. Who voices Kristoff? Because Um, he was in, I know he's from Glee. Yep, it's a guy from Glee, and it's also, it's it's because it's it's Jonathan Groff. Okay, Jonathan Groff. Or Groff. Yeah, Groff, who Groff, also, yeah. um, for any Hamilton fans out there, plays King George the Third for like He's the three the song, which oh, I love those so much. That's why <laughs> those are honestly sorry. Side note from Hamilton, those are some of my favorite songs. Wolf of <laughs> Hamilton, yeah. Okay, anyways, well, I, I know that I know that um, the Lopez's uh, Robert and uh, what is it? Um, Chris, Christian, uh, his wife. Oh my gosh, I can't. I forgot her name right now. Um, they they it suddenly done and then they had Jonathan Groff, one a fantastic Broadway vocalist, and they had not written a song for him, <laughs> so they wrote. <laughs> Whoops! The reindeers are better than people. <laughs> Christina, Christina Lopez. Sorry. There you go. Right? Oh, there you go. Is yeah. I, I, uh, 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 dang it! That sounds right, but now I'm now I'm completely second guessing myself. Wait, I had it. Yeah. No. Cr- yeah. Kristen. Okay. Kristen. Kristen, there Kristen you go. and yeah. Robert Lopez. Yes. <laughs> There we go. Had to get had to get it open, guys. I didn't want to. I didn't want us to be, you know, you know, not not telling the truth about anything. Which mm. I, you know, Robert Lopez Avenue Q, heck yeah. Uh, <laughs> I've, I got in the conversation about this on the Facebook page about wh- why doesn't Robert Lopez's music from Winnie the Pooh? Why doesn't it? Why is his music from Frozen not doesn't exactly click like his previous work have has clicked in terms of appeal. And, and and just to the general public, the general public, <laughs> and I, <laughs> I, and I think that's it. because if you've ever heard Avenue Q, that is rated R, and if you've ever even the uh, the songs that he wrote for Scrubs, the musical episode, have mm-hmm. a uh, "Guy Love" is a bit of a PG thirteen song, right? So right, the, there's an edginess to those those musical numbers versus the much more restrained Winnie the Pooh and the restrained uh, aspect of frozen and i think maybe if he was able to cut loose and just do what he does he would he would have crafted music that possibly could have appealed to those avenue q fans right right because and i'm not knocking his music because i think the music in this uh, i actually have the the um the two disc album i didn't buy it physical but it's still called two discs when you buy it digitally (laughs) anyway i love that we're in that world now where it's just it's just like kleenex it's just it's a a thing it's a a double cassette uh got it i play um hi so i have i have this uh, on vinyl i hope you guys know that no it's they they wrote like another half dozen songs that got cut from this movie as the script was changing over the evolution of this Mm -hmm. film like uh, Which is so insane. I, I, That's a lot yeah. of music to write that you don't even use, you know. Right. And now, and now there's a Broadway version of Frozen where they've written even more music. There is so much music for Frozen; it's insane. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I recommend checking out that that bonus disc of the cut songs because every other track, every other track, 
is an explanation of where it was going to go or what its context was had the script stayed uh, as it was. And there's some neat songs. There's a little duet between that that ended up being replaced by Do You Want to Build a Snowman? When okay. it was more about uh, uh, Anna being a spare and like disposable because she's not the firstborn. Um, and there's a, there's some other couple variations on songs that made it into the film. It's neat. The the music in this is is impressive in in how much of it there is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, so so kind of just taking a a, a minor slide site or minor detour, but still talking about the music. I noticed something. Um, <clears throat> my girlfriend and I were watching it because so so my girlfriend and I watched this movie. She not a fan of of of, <laughs> of of this movie at all either. So we had a good talk regarding this film while watching mm-hmm. it. Um, but the credits started playing, and there's it's the Demi Lovato version of Let It Go mm-hmm. that plays during the credits. Yeah. We're sitting there going, this sounds like a completely different song. It's <laughs> well, it sounds it, and we figured out what it is. It mm-hmm. it's it sounds like Smashing Pumpkins' Disarm. Oh, now I gotta listen to Disarm to see. Which that see right. <laughs> now, I hope everybody out there goes and finds Listens this. To disarm. <laughs> listen, and not not the entire thing, but listen to the first fifteen seconds of mm-hmm. both of these songs. It's <laughs> okay. like we we were playing simultaneously. It feels like uh, you know, let's play uh, Dark Side of the Moon with uh, you know, with <laughs> Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it felt like that moment, but we were playing them simultaneously, and it almost lined up at a couple spots it was just it was like a slight key difference but it's same right. instrumentation it's fun i'd recommend maybe doing that i was <laughs> contemplating trying to we'll come up there. with yeah. some sort of mashup of the two of them because now i, I kind of just want to <laughs> hmm. but sorry we were just discussing music and that was the only spot i felt like i could bring that up in in the entire that, episode that is fine uh, <laughs> i i mentioned the opening song earlier the beware the frozen heart which is mm-hmm is very forgettable in just like the briny or the bottom, the, the blue, the bottom of the blue, the, the opening song of little mermaid <laughs> that everyone forgets. <laughs> oh yeah. I never remember that opening song. Actually. That's right. And, and it feels like, Oh, well let's, let's do that. That, that worked before. Um, <laughs> but you know, let's, let's, let's dig into the script here a little bit. Okay. Okay. Some, something that we get that we have never gotten before is the full tragic backstory in detail. <laughs> true you get everything usually we get these little bits and pieces or it's hinted at or it's you know it's it's cinderella's mom died then her dad got remarried then he died let us begin right let us not that this This is is, you see everything yeah like right down to the fact of oh yeah mm, okay so her their parents died in a horrible boating accident Mm -hmm. out in Mm -hmm. the seas and uh while on their way to see the coronation of um rapunzel (laughs) well i'll allow that one i will allow that one that theory's fine that's why rapunzel shows up later on in the movie yep that that yep Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. that holds water (laughs) oh no it didn't that's why it's saying (laughs) uh uh, it's okay because don't worry the mom and dad survive because they managed to land on an island and give birth to a boy that ended up becoming no no that is it's a hundred years separate tarzan is not this movie takes place in 1840s you got crossbows in one you got guns in the other we're moving on we're moving on (laughs) Oh, so we get well, the we guys, get a, I have to a, delete the next twelve pages of my notes because that was what that all was gonna be. <laughs> no, the the amount of of backstory we get from for Anna and Elsa is much more than I. I don't think we've ever gotten this much backstory before to set up the events of a film, mm-hmm. and 
in the initial stage of this film, in trying to stick closer to the Snow Queen, and you've already alluded to this more than once, Jeff, Elsa was meant to be the villain. Right. That they the intent was that she would go full evil evil witch, and then Anna would have to be the hero to to stop her, right. uh, and without killing her. Right. That the initial idea behind this was that, and and they balked on that. They they, they decided not to go that way. But there's still remnants of that in the film. For mm-hmm. example, look at you watch that scene where it's right before Elsa runs off. Mm-hmm. Everything is played off. It feel everything's played off like the tragic turn for a you know future villain. It yeah. it it it's played to be like Elsa is supposed to be like a hunchback in Notre Dame or like a Frankenstein or I'm yeah, an idiot. Like, right, My like eyes it, are it, <laughs> this the one. Um but sorry, that's <laughs> hunchback. Uh, but like it, it, it comes. It, it, it's played out that way. It's absolutely played out in this sad, tragic twist where she's becoming mm-hmm. the villain, even though she never wanted to be the villain. And it's still there. It is, and yeah, you could argue like, well, no, it's you know, the, you need that because that's why she runs away, and that's why she does the snow thing in the first place, and that's what right. it furthers the plot. And yes, it does still further the plot, but that scene is just lifted out of a completely different movie mm-hmm. for her character to be the villain and I, the, I i personally personally i would have liked to have seen that version of this movie yeah i'm i'm interested by by that possibility as well there there is something neat about seemingly your well your tragic protagonist ending up being the villain and then Anna being the leftover second born, having to turn around and become the hero. There, there's a cool story there. And we still do get that. They just mm-hmm. didn't go all in on that idea. They they made Anna not Anna, um Elsa uh you know, less of a threat. Less of a, an an intentional threat. She is more of an accidental threat. Mm-hmm. Um and and that little difference in what could have been and what is you know, I, all you can think of is the possibilities of, of that. And and something that I noticed this time that I hadn't considered before in the in the uh, the goal of, oh, no, this is still a happy, fun tale. <laughs> the folks of Arendelle seem perfectly fine. They do not seem. <laughs> there is nothing like, hey, our queen is locked in a, fro- in a tower and we've never seen her. And this is the first time we're seeing her in in what 10 years no it's like hey coronation day all right yeah is this like, fun? Oh, cool. yeah yeah <laughs> arendelle is doing just, just a, fine <laughs> yeah it's a very naive uh kingdom basically yeah. but all right whatever you know like they seem perfectly fine <laughs> <laughs> so and that that struck me as silly not as not as silly as some of the the other elements that are deliberately funny um like you had mentioned the the shack before like oh hello winter sale come on in uh when uh, it's, she, brilliantly she done that's that's funny uh, i like that yeah. scene but this this humor wise this is not tangled it's it's close in that it's trying to replicate some of the the stylings of the humor of uh tangled even right down to the you got you got engaged to a guy you met on the first day like some of those meta humor references that we got entangled, which are played a little more tongue in cheek, are a little more biting on your tongue in right. in this in entangled. Um, it you know if strictly from a comedy perspective, I I stand by that there are only three 
comedy sequels that are better than their original. And other than that, there is no part two in a comedy sequel in a comedy series that's better than the first. Austin Powers, National Lampoons, and Clerks. And that'll start a fight in the comments section, but I, I, <laughs> oh, I stand so by Oh, so send all of your hate comments to TC at TC's Big Head on Twitter. Yeah. And no, I don't know. Actually, we've had we've had that discussion on his, on this podcast, though, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah, yeah. If, if not I, here, I'm we've pretty had positive. I'm yeah. pretty positive that we have, and I agree with you because that's pretty much true. Uh, <laughs> but to, to look at Tangled versus Frozen in terms of humor, Tangled is a far funnier film, and yeah. the humor is more good-spirited. There is a bit of mockery in Frozen. Uh, I don't think that it's as egregious as some people want to want to say it is, but there is a little bit of of feeling. I don't know. It's almost disrespectful to the the traditions of. If you look at Sleeping Beauty, and I do think that this movie has a lot of comparison to Sleeping Beauty, in the I know you once upon a dream when when Aurora meets Philip in in. Sleeping Beauty, boom, she falls for him because she's seen him in his in her dreams, and this is the guy she's been waiting for. Boom, they're in love. They're going to get married. Um, they're 16. What do they know? Right. Same thing happens with Anna here, but it's a little more, it's a little too much wink, wink, nudge, nudge to the audience. Um, I'm on the fence because I do find it humorous that Elsa up front is like, wait, what? No, no one's getting married. What? It's true love. You don't know what true love is, but then that at that point leans into the themes and the story itself. I'm more amused by Kristoff who says, wait, wait, hold on. She's trying to explain. She's like, wait, 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 wait. You, you think you love a guy you just met? And then, Hey, let me help. No, I don't trust your judgment. That's funny. <laughs> that, that's, right. that works. That's funny right there. That is a really well done. And if that and was the only a- way, yeah, if that was the only spot they did that joke, I'd be way happier. <laughs> Well, see, and this is going along the lines of the humor and stuff like that. This is one of those areas in this film that I saw it falter because you could see moments like that in this movie. You could see that, I guess, in my head, I see those parts are from those are part those parts are the remaining parts from a different draft of this film Possibly, that yeah. I like to think was funnier that did attempt to go when they like I, I like to believe that okay so they were probably going a, the, the darker route originally they were going to make Elsa the bad guy that was the way they were going to go they heard the let it go thing and then they've changed it to make it be a different story and there's a part of me that really wants to believe that somebody stepped up and went we should make it funny like Tangled <laughs> because that still told a great story but it was funny throughout the entire thing so mm-hmm. they started adding those bits in those pieces into it and that was as far as they got so you but when that sort of thing happens it's not tonally consistent because that is my end which is that's a hashtag tonally inconsistent that's a phrase that we've said on this podcast a <laughs> yes, thousand times yeah, yeah. um that, that's my problem with this film is that i strongly see a tonal inconsistency in it mm-hmm. I see yeah, my- bits and pieces of a tragic villain backstory that don't actually play out. I see bits and pieces of the classic, you know, fairy tale stories that kind of play out, but then are kind of forgotten about, but then are kind of also just made into jokes. And then I see bits and pieces of a all-around well-written, clever, funny script that didn't quite, you know, live up to that full mm-hmm. that full yeah, potential. It's, and that it's, that's where it's- I struggle with this movie. You are right on the money here, and I've already said this once before. This is this is what makes this movie so similar to Hunchback and Notre Dame and Pocahontas, which we also criticized for that tonal inconsistency. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but the the humor is still there. I think that there is still 
some some great bits in this. Even if Olaf annoys you, he's still he's so cute. You know, like right. oh, I've been impaled, right? <laughs> um, actually, one of the jokes. If we can go to Tudic Watch real quick, it's okay. It's, yes, please do. Tudic Welcome Watch. to Tudic Watch, everybody. <laughs> Tudic who's, Watch 2018. Who, who voices the Duke of Weselton? Weselton. <laughs> Did he what? do? I think this is, like I said earlier, it's once the machine has checked off all the boxes, it's up to the creative to insert good things. There's an Arrested Development joke in this. When he's dancing with Anna, he, he does the chicken dance. Hand, he does the yes. chicken dance. Yes, that he is, does. <laughs> that is straight up Arrested Development, and that's, <laughs> that is funny. And that is a, that, that's there for a certain type of fan right there. <laughs> yep. Cause I, you know what? That's funny. I had never noticed that before until last night while watching the movie that when he started dancing, I'm like, and I was going to say something, but it goes by so quick. Mm-hmm. I, it would have been, it would, I would have spent 10 minutes just explaining it, you know, yeah. or just trying to like be like, Oh, well, Oh, so while he's doing that, like, no, nah. he does, but he does do the, yeah. <laughs> have any of you ever even seen a chicken? Um, the <laughs> sorry i got it that show is brilliant <laughs> you got it you got it um uh so that even the the duke of weselton himself i like that his hairpiece keeps flopping over that's that's some funny stuff right there but then we lose that in its entirety after elsa goes crazy after elsa right. goes bad we never go back to the buffoonery that is the duke of weselton right alan alan tudyk because he's just then becomes seemingly the antagonist, right? And 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 that's I think that's or not not even I think I know I know for a fact that is why I have the biggest uh, struggle with this film. Mm-hmm. Why I struggle the most with trying to enjoy it is because it shifts tone consistencies. Talking about okay, talking about a giant tonal shift. How about the last twenty minutes of the movie? Or spoilers, guys. <laughs> we'll talk about the spoiler right now. But yeah. the fact that the prince is actually the villain after <laughs> after he spends after they present him the entire movie, the entire movie they present him as a good guy. Not yeah. even like a weird glance. Not even like a weird line. You know, not suspicious. You know, not even something like, well, maybe someday I'll be able to take over. Like nothing. Like absolutely no nope. hint. Nothing. It's, it's and then, completely so the moment, a heel a heel turn. Just, I'm the bad guy now. Yeah, and it's and it's not even like it's a halfway through the film. It's the last twenty minutes of the movie, <laughs> and it's like, oh, never mind. Here's the actual bad guy for the film. Yeah. I'm sorry. What? What? You were, <laughs> you you did not. You were not going that direction, movie. This is the yeah. this is the this is the last twenty pages of a different draft. And see, just ah. Well, j- mm. I I I'm I'm hesitant to do it now. But I could, if you'd like. I do mm-hmm. have some theory behind this. You know what? Go ahead. You know, okay, I'm okay. This, let's let's this, let's let's get into some of these theories. I want to know. This, okay. I want to know. This is gonna be this is gonna be a little lengthy, but please bear okay. with me. Uh, and actually, I'll go off. I, I'm gonna hit one of our tweets right now. This is from okay. um, Mike Helms. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for tweeting. Um, Hans is a ridiculous character. There is no reason why he suddenly flip-flops at the end and becomes bad. It feels very underwritten. So Mike here completely agrees with you, Jeff. I swear I am not Mike. Yeah. And I, <laughs> but thank you, Mike, I, for agreeing with me. <laughs> you, you're not alone here. There's there's a few comments we got about, about Hans' sudden shift here. And yes, this flip is completely out of the blue. But Jeff, Jeff, do you, do you mm-hmm. want a theory? Because I got I, a theory. I would love a theory. 
Okay, I think Hans's heel turn is the least believable plot point. That's not the theory. Okay, that's just a fact. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're, you're not going to get a lot of argument from anyone that this is so out of the blue. Um, but up, up to a point, he's the most heroic Disney prince we've ever seen, right? One of the most. He's selfless. He's dedicated. He stops one of Weselton's dudes from crossbowing Elsa to death, right? True. Like yeah. he's and and you, were, you this is what you were saying you were saying that it's like up to a certain point he's a completely cool dude right he's he's right. a good guy and then until his his villainous admission the romance between Hans and Anna is never presented as anything other than sincere it is a completely right. sincere and you want to know why you want to know how we know it's sincere and real because it's presented to us in the most earnest way known to man or beast they sing it they sing it yeah they sing yep. it anna and hans sing and open up a whole new world of no wait um they no, wait, they, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> they they want to be our guest of wait no yeah, hold on no. that's uh they it's a, sing it's it a, okay yeah <laughs> it's an instant connection right like that, that yep. love is an open door song is a, is one of is a great lovers duet it's one of the best and and we know it's truthful okay cuz here this is a theory that i've developed and Maybe there's someone else out there, but I've been I've brought this up to friends before, especially friends who listen to the podcast. Be like, hey, what are you watching next? What something I like to bring up from time to time is nobody lies to the audience in song in a Disney musical number. Nobody, if a character is singing, they are not lying to the audience. They will lie to the character they might be singing to, but they never lie to the audience, right? Dr. Facilier, Scar, Mother Gothel, Gothel, Ursula, Gaston, all those characters' villain songs have, you know, Flatsome, Jetsome, Now I Got Her Boys, right? They have asides that show their true intent. And nowhere in their duet does Hans say, I'm totally going to get her, right? There's no indication because characters don't lie to the audience in song. I, I defy someone to find an example where a character does lie to the audience, and pull the wool over their eyes. Mm-hmm. I, it does not exist, unless it does, and I'm just not thinking of it. But <laughs> do the research. Okay, okay and then so, let us know where we were wrong. <laughs> uh, so th- uh, this is a lot of preamble to get to my theory, but trust me, I'm on a I'm on a journey here, and you're coming with me, Jeff. Right? Uh, I won't stop believing. So it's clear that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is just a small town girl, and oh. and she's living. In this lonely world, right? And <laughs> she takes a midnight sleigh to save her sister. Okay, get back on point. Back oh on point. This, this episode goodness. will be so long if you don't let me finish, Jeff. Okay, so it's clear that Hans has a change of heart, right? But I don't think that he changed his heart under his own volition. Which character or characters have the ability to change a heart or a mind? Elsa. No. No, not Elsa. No, she just she just caused yeah. uh, Anna's heart to The uh, trolls. The trolls have proven magic in the first 5 minutes of the movie that they okay. can change a mind, not a heart, but they can change a mind. Jeff, when we first meet the trolls, they cured Anna, right? They cured Anna right. who was accidentally wounded. They cure her by removing her memories and they wipe her memory with a wave of their hand. She does not have the memory of who she of what she believed, right? Mm-hmm. So they have the power 
but they're still good guys, right? Like, that is a pretty powerful power, and they're the good guys. Look at them this way, okay? They're not the adorable sentient potatoes that they seem to be, all right? They, 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 <laughs> adorable sentient potatoes is going to be my punk rock cover band. <laughs> Just saying. Anyways. <laughs> when, that's that's how they're perceived because that's what we, right? But what is the memory of them in the book that Anna's dad opens up when he's like, we got to save we got to save my daughter. I know who can do this. There's trolls that have magic in the woods. And he looks them up, and they look like demons, right? Right. In the original Snow Queen, the villain in it is a troll who is the devil. Okay? Interesting. In the original text, the troll in the Snow Queen is the devil in disguise, okay? I'm, su- I'm suggesting that the trolls use their magic to change Hans's heart because what, and what his are the, heart or his mind the, it changed his mind sorry they okay, they okay, changed yep. his mind they used their abilities to get the ending that they wanted for their Kristoff their human right because if they can connect Anna with Kristoff their child will be the heir to the throne and the lead the kingdom right so I think this is mm-hmm. all a power move by these little sentient potatoes <laughs> Right. And and furthermore, after they meet Anna, right, and they 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 do magic on her and we see all their gems glow in the circle when they're trying to like, do you, Anna, take Kristoff to be your trophy wedded wife? Right. The next Mm -hmm. time Anna, Anna sees Hans is when he betrays her. The next time we see Hans, he stops Elsa from being murdered. Okay, so he's still a good guy. It isn't right. until Anna and Hans are together again that, boom, he's the bad guy. And I'm saying that the trolls did it. That it. That it. <laughs> okay. Because Kristoff, okay. Kristoff and Anna don't belong together. Like they, they end up together. That's fine. I mean, honestly, Kristoff's love of ice. Don't you think he'd be better suited with Elsa? But the trolls think that if they could get their boy Kristoff with Anna, right? Right. And they can, you know, ostracize the evil queen because she's she has the power to overthrow them. They say that the the engagement's a flex arrangement. They don't see no ring. You know, it's, they're not making a joke in that song. That's the villain song. A fixer upper is the declaration of their intent because they're the villains, and villains can't lie in song. Boom! Trolls are the bad guys. That's why Hans turns. Think of it. Think of it. Everyone listening. <laughs> Hear me now and believe me now. <laughs> Hear me now and believe me later. <laughs> so Elsa uh, is super powerful. She creates life twice. She created Marshmallow and she created Olaf, right? She's super right. powerful. So but what better way to take her out than to use her sister against her? So now, right? having said that, okay, so now do you think... So, okay, so that, that theory, the theory that you just said does yeah. hold water. It holds a lot of water. Yes. It, however, would need... Ice cold. Ice cold. Uh, it holds a lot of cold water. Um, mm-hmm. Very, a very nice, a very ice amount of, of cold water, actually. Look at that. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, just, just chill out. It's okay. So, uh. the... <laughs> you know what I'm doing. So, oh, what stop I'm it. thinking... <laughs> it's home on the range Tom- all over Th- again. Thomas is very happy right now because he asked if this movie would be better if Elsa had Mr. Freeze school of acting lessons. Oh, I was like, brilliant. do you know what killed the dinosaurs? Well, fleeing Arendelle. 
the Ice Age. Ice That's Age. a terrible Schwarzenegger. <laughs> I've never claimed to be a good Schwarzenegger. But please continue. So you you think my theory holds well? Your Schwarzenegger sounded a lot like insult the try the insult dog. <laughs> Which one of these buttons caused your mother for a ride? It sounded very much like that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Get to the chopper. There we go. All right. This is this this is just TC and I making each other laugh at this point. Okay. That's all okay. we're doing. So Let's go back, back to, to my theory here. Back to my theory. Uh, so we, back Welcome back. Theory. So, uh, so, thank you for that break. Yeah. <laughs> we always do like those little intermissions when there's gonna be a long episode. The so trolls like, that theory, are the bad guy. Right now, that theory does hold water and it works, but I do definitely feel like, obviously, in the film, you would never necessarily be able to completely make the connection in that theory from mm. simply from what you're told in the movie. I feel like it would need to have at least a couple more scenes in order to flesh that out completely. Like, because it's, if you sit and think about it, yes, but the average moviegoer is not going to make that connection. Well, Jeff, you know what this means. Right now. You have to watch it again with that theory I, in mind. With that you theory in mind. All of you listening well, have to watch it one more time with my no. theory in mind that the <laughs> trolls are the bad guys. Look, Hashtag you know what? not worth it. <laughs> uh, you know what one of the biggest problems of this whole movie is? Hmm. And and the entire sure thing. you you what? can I was just gonna say you would claim there are many. There's two <laughs> things missing from this song from this what? movie. There's no what? I want song and there's no villain song. Right. You you can't say that that let it go is an I want song. It's not. And you can't say there's a villain song in this either, unless you go off my theory, which is the trolls are the bad guys, so the fixture upper is the villain song. But there's no those two th- elements are missing, and those are two crucial elements in creating truly classic Disney. I mean, whether you like it or not, Frozen is going to be a classic for the rest of our lives. Um, yeah, <laughs> there's no stopping that. Uh, but there's no direct I want song. There's no direct villain song, and I missed those. I think that of all having ten songs in here, you think one. Okay. <laughs> Yes, well, but see, yes, you could say In Summer is sort of an I Want song, but that's not the protagonist's I Want song, darn it. Right. See, and again, this, I feel like our, our, our lack of those two songs goes back to the fact that the script got changed so much that where those songs probably were in the piece or intended on being in the film were no longer there because the the tone got shifted, the characters got shifted around. And and look, mm. and I, under, I completely get it and I completely understand these movies always have a ton of writers. All of these Disney movies go through multiple drafts and multiple rewrites and different, you know, different takes and different writers will take a crack at it and will add Committee. their pieces and remove some stuff. Yeah, because that's the Disney Committee is that you rarely get you rarely get a movie that's written by one or two people, maybe three at most. You get a movie that's written by about 15 different people. <laughs> They're just not all credited. We're only allowed to give five re- people the story credit. <laughs> exactly. So... <clears throat> I'm I'm sure all these things that we've been discussing about because you know what yeah what I was saying about your theory that it makes sense to me and I bet you anything that probably was one of the original directions it was going to go when it was a different film when Elsa was the bad guy I bet you they would have gone that route or there would have been a little more those darker tones Trolls. in it but instead we have a, we already have we already have an hour and forty minute movie 
which by the way is one of the longest that we've had in this this po- is quite in, in, long in this series yeah and which is why we're going an, for an hour 45 for our episode today exactly that's just what's going to happen and even in an hour and a four an hour and 40 minute movie there's still plot holes there's still things that they didn't like well what about that why didn't you know mm-hmm. why couldn't why there could have been one more scene to help explain that theory of why you know why hans did what he did like but it would have just made the movie super long and Disney doesn't want to, you know, Disney's not going to make a two and a half hour long animated film because, I don't know, no frankly, kids aren't going to watch that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, I, I love my nieces it. to death. They wouldn't watch a two and a half hour animated film from Disney. They'll get bored halfway through and turn it off. Yeah. Well, let's... I don't know. When it, when, no, it comes no. to, when it comes down to a lot of it, uh, just like I said, a lot of my issues with this film, just it mm-hmm. deals with... It deals with the script, and I I I can see I I'll, I'll be positive and, and and you know I'll be positive here for a minute, and I can see I can see a movie I would have enjoyed better yeah. in this film. I can see pieces of it. Mm-hmm. I can see the humor from a couple of those scenes. And go, oh, that would have been a great version of this film. I can see oh, the my darker. Sled, I just paid it off. <laughs> yeah, like see things like that. Like like that would have been a, another great tangled like comedy. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I love the tragic, you know, like a tragic villain story. I would love. Um, I so I, I I made the connection to like Frankenstein and the Hunchback earlier. Uh, Phantom of the Opera would have very well, very well been uh, kind of also along in the same line. Like Elsa is just she's thought to be a monster, and she goes and she hides, yeah. and she's like, well, I'll show them type thing. <laughs> you know, I would have loved that. That type of movie would have been a fantastic film, even as a kids movie. It could have been very interesting to mm-hmm. see that. Yeah, not, but not from Disney. I think that's more. If Don Bluth was still making movies, then that would be more in his ballpark. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, oh, for the record, not all men pick and eat their boogers. I don't know what Kristoff was thinking, but then again, he's been, <laughs> he's been living with trolls his whole life. So trolls and and uh, and, and, and he t- and he, he he does the voice of a of a reindeer. So of a reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> Which, by the way, I'm putting Sven on the horse list. I know he's not a horse, oh, yes. but by default, he totally belongs there. He's he's close enough. I'll yeah. I will I will allow that one, and I'm pretty positive most most of our listeners will be okay <laughs> with that as well. Okay, all right. Well, we have a lot of comments to dive into yes. here. I, I picked out some of my favorite ones. If you don't mind, Jeff, before we get into like some of the other like before ranking it, before talking about any like tropes and whatnot, I want to get into these comments because I think a lot of these are worth discussing in helping yeah. form our opinion a little more strongly. Uh, so everyone who comments on facebook.com slash top shelf pod, thank you. A lot of our regulars commented here. I got a bunch of tweets from people, from new listeners as well that I've never heard before, um, heard from before. Sweet. So thank you for, for those comments. Um, and and uh, so I'm just going to hit up the Facebook page real quick because we got uh, a few here. So Christy, you got, you got in right when we started recording. So you get, <laughs> I, I, good for you. Good timing. Uh, Christy Dozer says, despite it being written to blatantly make fun of Disney princesses of the past and its plot holes, I enjoy the movie! Exclamation point. I'm very close to my sister, so Anna's sacrifice for Elsa gets me every time and always has me in tears. I love the music. Let it go still bangs. Sorry. <laughs> and the voice acting is great. This movie was everywhere and way oversaturated, so I understand why people don't like it. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. Christy, you, you clearly have heard agreement from us. Uh, well, mostly me. From <laughs> um, hey guys, I don't care. We got three more of these episodes left. You're gonna hate me. Go ahead and hate me for the last three of these podcast episodes. Uh, no, I, I'm but sorry. Christy, I, I don't like this movie. That's Christy, all. you hit. A, don't hate Jeff. Every come on, he's a nice. Don't guy. hate me, please. I yeah. have enough people who don't like yeah. me already. Aw, 
Uh, Chris, you did hit on a point we're going to hit in a moment because several other people mentioned this as well, which was the sister angle. I'll get back to that. Aaron Williams, all caps Aaron Williams, says, uh, the very beginning of this movie has him in tear, had him in tears. When it came out, he had a little blonde daughter and his little new little brunette daughter, and the thought of them growing up not being able to see each other uh, and play with each other was the saddest thing. And he, they missed out on their entire childhoods together, which is a tragedy. Aaron, you, you are absolutely right. And we, mm-hmm. again, I'm going to hit on that point in a moment um, once, I get, uh, once I get a few more of these. Natasha says, when Frozen came out, she really enjoyed it. The music, the characters, the plot twists, she never saw it coming. You, you shouldn't have. If That's like saying you, you saw the ending of Saw coming. There was no evidence <laughs> to lead us to this, unless you follow <laughs> my, my theory that the trolls are the bad guy, Natasha. <laughs> Um, you brought up Saw on a Disney podcast. <laughs> I, if, if you claim to have seen the ending of Saw coming, you are a liar. You're there a liar. No, no one. No okay. one saw the end of Saw coming. Uh, uh, okay, I'm sorry, <laughs> Natasha. I will agree, though, TZ. Changed. Don't worry. I agree with you. But. Her opinion changed because this movie was constantly everywhere and having to watch it more times than she wanted to with her niece did not help. The hype and the popularity really killed it for her. You among many others, Natasha. Uh, Now that it's been a few years, she was able to enjoy it again. Uh, Thomas had a few. I already hit up on a couple here. Uh, Destroy the, the, the frozen, cryogenically frozen Thomas. I had seen that earlier, so that's why I referenced it. Uh, the Mr. Freeze lines as well. Is this, is this another example of Katzenberg sticking it to Disney by stealing singing trolls to make... See, there's the real villain, children. Uh, <laughs> it's the person troll- who's not even involved. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, that Trolls movie. I know it's got catchy tunes and whatnot, but I think the vitriol some people have for Frozen I have for just DreamWorks. <laughs> but I mean, I feel... Wait, you, wait, wait, guys, guys, hold on a minute. TC mm. has a problem with DreamWorks know, and I, Jeffrey Katzenberg? This is a revelation. And this I know is a revelation. We I've need to spend at least <laughs> six more episodes discussing. Uh. <laughs> uh, Wyatt says he looks to these movies for escapist entertainment, and the key aspect of what made the previous 52 films stand out for him... Um, is that that escapism and just because people don't fall in love the way snow white cinderella ariel jasmine do doesn't necessarily mean it's harmful fantasy and uh he may accept the romance and be charmed by it but he knows it can be unrealistic at times and he thinks what happened is disney got tired of dealing with the criticism they received over that for decades and decided to fix it with their previous mistakes which would explain their live action remakes yeah jeez. uh yeah um, the it it goes to that it's that cynicism versus uh, respect that Tangled versus Frozen has in terms of homaging or mocking the past princesses. And I called Tangled a turning point when we discussed it a few weeks ago, Jeff. And I think mm. I think Frozen makes missteps in how they treat the princesses of the past. It feels more systematic. It feels more like the machine making a film. So I, I, I do agree with you, Wyatt, that there is that mockery of the princesses of the past just doesn't quite work. Um, and our good friend, Scarstar, hashtag Scarstar. Scar <laughs> <laughs> she liked it the first time she watched it, but uh, the hype soured it for her. Um, it, she doesn't think it does. Uh, she definitely doesn't think it deserves all the hype. The important question is, do we think that reindeers are better than people? <laughs> you know what? Some, um, yeah. some people, some people, <laughs> some, some, and also some people think that uh, that reindeer are horses. 
So yeah, I, I think that, yeah. Uh, yeah, let's see. So, <laughs> so uh, I'm going to keep blowing through some of these. Ryan School yeah. says he now that he's uh, a father of a daughter, he has his two nieces. This he has a new, a fresh opinion on this movie, um, but he he liked he liked the story quite a bit. He feels it suff- suffered once again the hype. He calls it the Forrest Gump effect, <laughs> where the <laughs> hype was too much to make the movie enjoyable when you finally saw it. And again, we will we will agree on that. Uh, yeah. Brittany posts. Thank you for commenting. Oh. She she thinks the music is amazing. The story is cute and would have been better, honestly, if they kept Chris Tuff and Anna's relationship platonic. Kind of agree with you there. Yeah. Uh, it was a nice sentiment that that it was sisters' love that melted the frozen heart, and the story should have kept more focus on the sister relationship. Again, totally agree with you. We're gonna get to it in a minute. Uh, honestly, I can't get through the movie without crying a whole bunch, so I definitely connected with it. I think because I love my sister so much, it makes me think of her. So Brittany is definitely a fan. Uh, Don Frazen, who a friend of ours, Jeff, he liked it. Mm-hmm. He feels Elsa is the victim of of the victim and the hero. Um, why? Because she was a victim because of a good majority of her young life. She was hit away. Oh, Don, we're gonna we're gonna hit on that in a moment. <laughs> um, and incidentally. Uh, she put her sister's life above all else, and his takeaway is that he loves the movie. So thank you for that. Uh, Schulze says overall he likes it. He still does. The songs are fun. The voice characters are amazing. I didn't know Kristen Bell could sing that well. The story to him is the story is the main issue, and Chris, obviously, we agree with you on that. That the script itself is is problematic. Yeah. Um, it was a good twist that the true love's kiss thing wasn't the, the factor, but the story just jumped around way too much for his liking. Uh, uh, too much. To, it's not better than Tangled. So I think most parents have an issue with Let It Go because it was overplayed. It doesn't mean it's a bad song. It was just overplayed. <laughs> yep. 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 And, and then lastly, we are, uh, a friend of mine, Susie, her, she was like, how do I feel about this movie? And she posted a, a picture of herself in an Anna costume. So I assume that means she likes it. Oh, I was going to okay. say, I feel like she just hates the movie then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thank you for all those comments on there, folks. Obviously, we hit on a lot of those. I want to hit these tweets now, Jeff, because I have a few okay. here that are, are a little more in-depth conversation-wise um, that hit on a lot of what were commented on Facebook. And now if you'll, if you'll indulge me, and if our listeners will indulge us having the longest episode yet, I'm going to twi- hit up the tweets now. So thank you. You can tweet at me at TC's Big Head. You can tweet at Jeff at Random Bell. All right. First up, Theoden. Theo- Theodine. Theoden? Theoden? I think that might be a Lord of the Rings reference. Okay. It feels like it's the- it feels It does feel like it. He says, for starters, the parents are clearly evil. Why does no one call social services? <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. So, okay, right there. Good point. Yep. And I was thinking about this about 10 minutes ago when we were talking about the... Uh, talking about the parents and talking about the villains, I guess you could argue very mm-hmm. clearly right there what he just said, the fact that the parents themselves are the villain and they get their comeuppance in the first 15 minutes of the movie by being killed in the water. <laughs> being killed. This is what you get. <laughs> this is what you get. So really the rest of the movie doesn't have any villain because it's the villains the were the parents. parents and they killed them off in the beginning. Lock me in a tower. Okay, look. First off, there was there was no social services in the 1840s. Just want to throw that out there. I know you're being cold. I know he was being silly, but okay. Look, yeah. the parents in this movie are terrible. They're. I don't think they're inherently evil. I think they're just bad parents because they were afraid. They're ignorant 
their ignorance affected their children, right? They feared what Elsa may be, and they locked her away and taught her to be afraid, which, which for the record, is a problem of another movie that, of, of 2013, uh, of raising a powerful child to fear what people will think of them. Zack Snyder's John and Martha Kent are the worst. <laughs> um, but the, the, the parents, because of locking Elsa up, they also locked Anna up. And that fear of their child being not normal was, that is terrible parenting. That is really yeah. bad parenting. Yep. Um, yep. And again... That's okay. They were the villain. Yeah. They got killed. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and to, to, to kind of piggyback off that, and, and this is a comment worth worth getting into, Jeff and I are the probably the least qualified people to discuss this tweet, so I will, we, will, we will discuss it to a point, but we, we can only go so far. Uh, this is from Karen. She asks, do we subscribe to this film being an allegory for being gay, that Elsa is gay, uh, that she is an allegory for that? Uh, Jeff, have you heard this before? How do you feel about this? I have heard this before, and I can see, I can see where that idea comes from because of the way that the parents act. Because mm-hmm. once the parents find out that Elsa is quote unquote different, and she is not what she is, she's not how they are. She's not the she's way not that normal that you're this supposed is, to be. It's you're not, not normal. normal. <laughs> and and the whole concept of you know just keep it inside and don't let it out, and we're not going to let you get out, and like we're not going to let you do. I you can see that. You yeah. can see the fear of people who don't understand why somebody is gay, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like, and like, and the, and the fear of it behind their eyes. And that's what the parents are doing. Yeah. And you can definitely get that out of this film. I, I, I would not disagree at all. hundred percent. I, I, and yeah. I genuinely appreciate the connection that the LGBT community has found in this film, that Elsa is this, this heroine, this hero of, of the LGBTQ community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I can definitely see where that interpretation comes from, and I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't, nece- I don't necessarily think that was the intent, but intent versus the resulting feelings are moot once once the idea has been prescribed, right? Like uh, a Lord of the Rings reference with Theoden, I'll say uh, Tolkien never he was adamant that Lord of the Rings was not an allegory for the Industrial Revolution, but there is so much evidence for that; it's hard <laughs> not to see it that way, right? Right. So, right. The, the intent versus the interpretation. I, you know, I, I personally might not see it as an allegory for being gay, but I can totally understand why a community of people feel that way. And cool, I, I'm perfectly okay. And, and by the way, if you don't like Frozen because you think that's the case, you got a problem. You got a problem. Because you know you're, what? you're you need to go on a ship with with your significant other to go see Rapunzel's wedding and have similar results. Is that too mean? Did I go too is, far? Is, oh <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, here's a here's a quickie. Uh, live 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 by night. Yeah, Elizabeth. Live by night. At live by night says I like this movie, but it's too dark. The scene where Anna gets struck in the beginning and then goes sees the trolls all takes place at night, and it scared me the first time. Um, this is not the darkest movie in the library by a long mile. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. It gets, uh, there are some other ones that are, that are, that are darker. (laughs) Now, are you talking like, like emotionally dark or just visually dark? Visually (laughs) dark. Okay. It was in, I wish I could have seen it better. If they had done it during the daylight, I could have seen it better, but it was too dark. 
Maybe that's what she meant. I am not mocking you, Liv. Thank you for listening. <laughs> please, please don't take that as me mocking you. <laughs> It's okay, we got three uh, you know, more episodes left. Apparently, we're just go, we're just, we're just, just drilling going, going ourselves a hole. Here. That's all we're doing. You yeah, could no, be honestly. I'm not afraid. I'm not surprised that someone would be afraid by this movie. My older sister used to have nightmares about Big Bird. So, <laughs> who Big knows Bird what can scares be terrifying. people? That's my Big Bird. That's a spot on bird. Thank you. Thank you. Um, okay, so this is from at Ranger Danger. He says the plot is. And for the purpose of this podcast, I'm just going to say poop. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he says, don't get me started about the trolls who are introduced in one song and don't do anything else interesting. Also, I love how, oh, yeah, Love's First Kiss Will Save You is introduced with about five minutes to go, all casual-like. Uh, okay, thank you for, for tweeting, Ranger. Let's hit the trolls real quick. They are introduced in the first five minutes, and they're the ones that say... The, the the essentially the theme in the movie which is uh only only love can uh, uh thaw a frozen heart an act of true love right, right. an um, act of true love yep and they are developed much like mama Odie is in the princess and the frog in that christoph constantly talks about his love expert friends so they are there at the beginning they are mentioned several times throughout yes they do show up again in at the end of the second act before the end of the movie but they are there throughout so there is I'm not saying they're done well. We've already discussed the fallacies of this script in itself. But in defense of of the script, the trolls are there through the whole thing. So, um, And as far as uh, love's true kiss will save you, uh, that's not introduced in the last five minutes. Like, like I said, they said that they, it's easier to change. They imply that it's easier to change a mind than to change a heart. And the the old man troll, the grampy troll, says, "Only an act of true love can thaw a frozen heart." Right? Which mm-hmm. are the lyrics in the opening song of the movie? Beware the frozen heart. Just saying that all all the aspects of of thawing a frozen heart, beware the frozen heart. That's that's from the get go of this movie. And something I've always admired this movie for is is the non traditional love story. That it isn't a love's true kiss that can save the day it is that it's the love between sisters that does it right and i will say that 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 twist or that revelation in the film was was kind of a oh okay didn't see that coming moment uh even last night when i was watching it you know um my girlfriend and she she got mad early on because when when she heard that she went is it the true love's kiss thing is it that (laughs) like is are you serious are we doing that trope like that Mm -hmm. that moment of uh of thinking like oh they're gonna just go that route but the fact that they didn't was a nice change in in the film and i will give them credit for for kind of um, what is it? Subverting our expectation, basically. Exactly. Yeah. It, it, the thing is, then, to, to and I'm sorry to keep comparing this to Tangled, but I think it's a very apt comparison. The very blatant, hey, it's love's love's true kiss. Oh no, it's this sacrifice of a sister. That's very surface. Uh, when you look at something like Tangled, where Flynn sacrifices himself in his dying act to save uh, Rapunzel, that is an act of true love that is very subtextual and thematic and to the motifs of, of Tangled itself. That is a much more mature way to present that idea as opposed to the very blatant and upfront way that they present it in Frozen. I'm not saying what, fro- oh boy, I echoed through, through, my, through your 
speakers there, Jeff. Sorry. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not saying that what Frozen did was bad. I'm not. I actually love that it's the sisterly love that bonds them in the end. Um, I and I, I the relationship between Elsa and Anna is is the strength of this film. I, honestly, the last tweet I have here is from Chainsaw Charlie, who says, Elsa and Anna aren't classy. They had little attitudes that weren't Disney princess-like. I didn't care for them. There wasn't a character in this thing that that got a hold of my heart. Charlie, thank you for tweeting. Um, wow. <laughs> it's it's nice to have dissenting opinions so that we can, we can comment on them. I'm going to disagree with you. I think they are both quite princess-like, especially in the Disney pantheon. Uh, Anna is very Ariel-like, and Elsa is. Well, I mean, okay, so she's literally a princess. Elsa's like she is princessly. She princesses, princessly, 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 princessly. She and, and besides, the Disney princesses canonically are like the ones that are crowned. Are I mean, Mulan's not an actual royalty, and um, and uh, Merda from Brave, though she's a Pixar character. Uh, she's you know a tomboy, right? So right. I I th- I think that Charlie here hits on something very important in terms of the a lot of criticism this movie faces. I'm going to guess by your name you're a guy. I'm going <laughs> to guess by your tone you're not a very you're not very in touch with your emotions. <laughs> I think I just lost us a listener. I'm sorry, but it's it's a comment worth worth hitting here so. <laughs> Jeff. Welcome to the last three episodes, guys, where we everyone listening, <laughs> just where we everybody. slowly just bash all of our <laughs> remaining listeners. Okay, I, I thank you sorry. for <laughs> thank you for all those comments. Thank you for all those tweets. If we just lost a few listeners, I apologize. But you know, I I love engaging in some of these conversations we've had. Oh, some yes. have been most of the conversations have been very rational. And if I've just you know, honestly, Jeff, a lot of the uh, comments, that, the threads, the direct messages threads that I've had on Twitter have gotten a little more debated. Uh, debatable um so i have not necessarily brought them up fully in the so charlie i hope i didn't lose you as a listener <laughs> that's all the comments that's all the tweets i have thank you everybody that's that was a lot of really cool stuff thanks guys um, I, yeah, tc tc was telling me about all the comments that we'd received this week because obviously he keeps track of um, most of our comments yeah. and uh yeah we were talking before this episode began about wow we're gonna Ooh, this is gonna be a long episode because we, which we kind of, I'm not gonna lie, I also wasn't super surprised when I had found out that we had a lot of comments to get through, <laughs> because of the nature of this film. I, I mean, mm-hmm. come on, it's Frozen. It's the one movie. It's the one movie out of these 56 movies that you go, hey, so we're gonna talk about Frozen that everybody <laughs> is going to have an opinion about. Right, and and I whether did, it's there, oh I like that movie or I never saw it or oh my god I hate that movie like that is the comments you're going to get. Yeah, it it elicits a response, and there's a handful of other comments and tweets I can't get to right now just because we've been going on so long. And and I want to kind of move towards our final section of the show here, right? And mm-hmm. for, first up, Jeff, would you come? Would you suggest that this is a movie for children? That this is a movie for families? Like what? What's the eye? Is there an audience for this? Is there? You know, <laughs> whether you want to or not, I think the answer is yes, because yes. of just how much kids love this movie, especially yeah. little girls and, and little boys as well. But it's such a it, I my answer answering my own question is yes, 100 percent. Just pop in some earbuds, listen to a cool podcast and let your kids watch it on their own, because, yes, yep. unlike something like Tangled or Wreck-It Ralph or, you know, going old school, you look at Aladdin or if you go back a little further, movies you can tolerate over and over again 
there's just something about this movie that that rubs people the wrong way. Eh. But Jeff, what do you think? Is this is this the movie for kids? I you know, there's nothing overtly bad in this film. I mean, yes, you can. There's some people who definitely do think that it's it has uh, you know obviously it has connections to like the 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 gay and lesbian community. There's mm-hmm. people who do not care for the the message that's conveyed in it. You know, there's nothing, but there's no brutal violence. There's no language. There's nothing in it that. Uh, there's nothing in it that a little kid isn't just going to watch and sing along and look at the princesses and want to be a princess, you know, for, yeah. for a lot of, lot of, a lot of little girls, not all little girls, not saying that's, that's how everyone is, but mm-hmm. there's nothing in it that's bad. Now, if, if I was given a choice for what I would <laughs> show, you know, like a little kid, you know, if I, if I had the option, I would show them Little Mermaid or Beauty and the Beast or Aladdin right, yeah, or any yeah. of those. Just my, but that, that's me, my personal preferences. I'd rather show them something that I know I like the story and I, I like how it was told. And there's, I, you know, I like the music and there's, had, there's a, a semi decent message in there. Um, but at the same time, no, I mean, yeah, sure, you could show a kid this film and you're not going to, you're not going to walk away <laughs> it, from it having like know, a completely different lifestyle design or, and they're, you know, they're not going to change think, their life just from watching it. I think I figured out the the actual audience for this movie. The the, the genuine, you're going to sit, like, probably will work every time. It would be a grandmother who loved Snow White's and Cinderella showing it to the grandkids. As opposed to someone oh. who's more, you know, in our age bracket who ha- has a... I don't know, because of, of just technology, internet, social media, yada, 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 uh, has a, a different way to form an opinion about cinema. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the classic love for Snow White that a person might have is going to reflect onto how they feel about Frozen That's in terms of being girly. And, I, again, I'm not saying that as a bad thing. I mean that as a genuine good thing. My thoughts. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> All right. Uh, tropes. Any tropes or firsts in this movie? Because there is a so- first. The, um, I, the the first itself, I I missed the first. I always continue to forget okay. to look for firsts these what, days. What number movie is this? This is number fifty three. It took them fifty three movies, folks, but we have our first female director. Oh, really? <laughs> with Jennifer yep. Lee? Uh, yes, she ah. she co directed with uh, I think it's Chris Buck who has done some yep. other things. But this is the first female director we've had in this Disney Animation Studios library. That's cool and also kind of sad. <laughs> it <laughs> the took 75 he, years. Yeah, I was going to say, it took 75 years and 52 or 53 movies before mm-hmm. we could finally get a female director. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Uh, um, but uh, any, any tropes in this? I know trope, the, the closest The closest thing that I really kind of came to was the whole, like, like an act of true love in order to mm. break the spell. Animal that was sidekick. Kind of, and then animal sidekick with uh, Sven. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but those were kind of the only two that I, I really I really detected because again, mm. with no real villain, <laughs> you know, because even the villain in even even Hans in this movie he just gets punched, doesn't he? Yeah, she just he, right? he, when uh, when Anna when he hits Anna with the sword, it blows him back and knocks him yeah. down. That's yeah. it. So he's so not like, like destroyed <laughs> by his own hubris. Hubris, right? Hubris. I like hubris. that. <laughs> I wish I wish I had known that like ages ago. I would have conti- I would have continued calling it that and not, you know, undone by their own undoing. <sighs> and my head just breaks. So, <laughs> but uh, that's all I had for tropes this week. Okay, there wasn't okay. there wasn't a ton from from me. Well, then I I think there's one question that remains here. 
Ah, three. Yep, it's tech. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Of, not all the the movies, <laughs> of all the movies we've watched so far, so we are ranking this section, this last section, one through kind of ten. Of uh, uh, we had what's what's our list so far? We have Wreck It Ralph, we have Winnie the Pooh, and Winnie and we the have, Pooh, and Frozen. Here, how do you rank yep. this? And you've already said three. I'm sorry, guys. This is number three. I I, I can't. The 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 screenwriter in me, the the lover of wanting to tell a good coherent story, in mm-hmm. me, trumps the. Don't say Trump. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> I know, and I'm still trying to get over that. Um, uh, um, I'm sorry. It, yeah, I know it, you don't like it, get political. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I've been trying to not to say that word anymore. Anyways, <laughs> anyway, um, the writer in it, you, it, the writer in me, to, that wants to tell a good story, wins out over the, the the Broadway musical lover in me, and you know the 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 comedy and the you know just the lighthearted. To, I it that that. That falls to a wayside for me, and mm-hmm. if it doesn't have, if a film in my eyes does not have a good, solid story, I can forgive one or two plot holes, or ah, I wish they did this instead. Yeah. Um, but when it's like, well, why didn't they do this? Well, why? Well, I thought what this would have been better if they did. Wait, what about like when it becomes that many in 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 my head? <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't enjoy the movie anymore. I wish I wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. So unfortunately, compared to Wreck It Ralph and Winnie the Pooh. It's this is this is number three. This falls behind winning okay. the Pooh by quite a bit as well, guys. Ooh. Sorry. Mm. Right. This is this is way okay. down there. Well, what do you, you think, like my, long, my Well, I'm going to give you a long-winded response. How's that sound? Oh, okay. I would expect nothing <laughs> less from this episode. Okay. So uh, this movie's not made for us, Jeff. I, uh, honestly, yeah. when it comes down to it, this movie wasn't made for us, and uh, I, could, I you might find this hard to believe. I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I'm not a girl. Um, I'm not <laughs> really? a sister. I'm not a sister. <laughs> so <I'm> t- ah. <laughs> but I do feel a connection to the love between Anna and Elsa. I've felt that love before between my family, between some of my best friends, between you and me, Jeff. I, I, I <laughs> that that love <laughs> that is beyond a romantic love is I I totally feel that. And moreover, beyond the love of Anna and Elsa. I have a deep affection for this movie because of the journey of self-discovery that we are seeing in this revival era. The revival era heroes that need to change themselves and not wait for the world to change around them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. even Elsa going so far as actually changing the world around her doesn't fix her. In the end, she needs to change who she is inside. Anna and needs to change who she is inside as well. And I, and I, I love that trend we're seeing with these heroes um there reaches a point there reaches a point in our lives that we need to stop considering how people have defined us and we need to start defining ourselves and that's a very adult thing that people struggle with their entire lives and you know, the more experiences you have the long the old the older you get it becomes a little easier to to stop considering how people have defined you, right? Mm-hmm. If we can, if we can just look in the mirror, and if not be happy, just be accepting of who we are, and and find our way towards happiness, is wonderful. Elsa was told by very foolish parents that she was damaged, 
okay? And, and that, that society would never accept her, but th- that was wrong. <laughs> right, they locked, right. They locked her away, and they locked Anna away because of Elsa, and that damaged her. And, and damaged her emotionally, damaged them both emotionally and mentally. And they both needed to leave the castle to experience the world, no matter how bad it got, to figure out on their own who they are. And I love that. Um, we One of the tweets I didn't hit was from, uh, obviously, a Brave fan. Her name's Myrda. Uh, it's her, her hash, or whatever. <laughs> it's Myrda with a one for the I. Okay. Myrda. Uh, some oh. people are worth melting for. Which Olaf says it. That's that that the film, this film represents a familial love we haven't seen in this library. Tarzan showed paternal love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, Timon and Pumbaa and Cusco and Pacha showed a, a, the closeness of friends. The the closest we've gotten to familial love would be, of all things, Brother Bear. <laughs> Which true, like Denahi in Brother Bear is avenging the death of Sitka and who, and seemingly the death of Kanye. What's his name? It's his, wow, what a great callback, whatever, everybody. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. and, and the, the love of his brothers motivates <laughs> him, <laughs> right? Kanai, Kanai. And, and we are being shown a different type of love, which, right. which de- it, it definitely throws people for a loop. That subverting of expectations that true love is the red herring that, that, that this movie teaches us to, to redefine love or just reperceive love as, and it's courtesy of Olaf, right? He says, mm-hmm. you know, I know what love is. Love is, uh, Anna says she's at the fireplace and she's freezing. She says, what she say? Like, I don't know what love is anymore or something like that. And Olaf says, Oh, I do. It's putting someone else's needs before yours. And it's, you know, Olaf proves his worth by being able to tell her that, and that's the theme of the movie, because it's 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 not something that Anna and Elsa's parents ever did. They didn't put someone else's needs before theirs. They put their needs before their children by hiding them away out of fear, and and damaging both those sisters. And Anna chooses to rescue Elsa instead of going to Kristoff for that love's true kiss. She throws herself in front of Hans. <laughs> Dying, her final act in her in in life is to to block that sword, and that is an act of true love. And that you know, Elsa even says, "You sacrificed yourself for me," and Anna says, "I love you." Like it's the most obvious thing in the world. That's some people are worth melting for. That's amazing. <laughs> um, I I I for all that, I can see the fallacies in this movie. I can see the problems with the script. I can see the problems with some of the characters, but analyze like being analytical and being and being critical and looking at all those aspects. This movie is really, really good, and oversaturation ruined it. Playing that song too much ruined it. But in the grand scheme of things, this movie's so good, and I'm not putting it my number one, but I am putting it my number two. Wreck It Ralph <gasps> exceeds all expectations, but I'm putting this above Winnie the Pooh. And and for all the reasons I just long-windedly stated, thank you for <laughs> indulging me. I'll be here all week. <laughs> I could not tell, and I'll be honest with you right now, TC. I could not tell if you were going to say all that and be like, "So I put it at my number six." Once we get other movies, it <laughs> or was, was I going to say, <laughs> or was I going to say, "And it's my number one," and then everyone yes. shuts up. 
<laughs> no, it, and then I, no one listens to the last three episodes. <laughs> I can't say it's going to okay. stay at number okay. two. I think in the in in all fifty three movies we've seen uh, in this library, I don't I don't think this would be in my top ten necessarily. Uh, I'd, I'd really have to sit down and think about it to, to make that decision. But in, in the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of right in this movie. And in particular, the fact that it speaks to that kind of love, this relationship between two sisters, which, again, the only time we've seen something like this has to be Brother Bear, unless you can think of another example of, yeah. between siblings. Um, and I love that. And I, lo- and I love how much this movie means to other people. And it's it's like watch I the I had seen Jurassic, how many times I've seen Jurassic Park I don't know but I remember seeing Jurassic Park with a friend who had never seen it before just about five six years ago right how do you live that long and not see and I have not and re experiencing that movie through the eyes of someone who is just enamored by it it's the same with Frozen when I see little girls planted squarely in front of the TV absorbing every moment of the movie. And when I see people discussing it, and like some of our listeners and some of the comments we've had of loving this movie, that makes me happy that a movie could affect someone so powerfully. Because I have movies that do that for me, and I'm sad that there are people in this world that don't have movies that do that for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it's good that I'm glad that everybody, or I, I, I would like to think that everybody does have a movie that does that for them, but... yeah. I always say there's every movie ever made is someone's first movie and someone else's favorite movie. Every movie. (laughs) True. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody, we have have to say about that. As per usual, we have given you an episode that is at least the length of the movie (laughs) itself. Wait, I just thought of something. There's something I wanted to say real quick. What? There's a sequel coming. We all know that, right? Yeah. I would like to make a uh, make a prediction on rewatching. We call this TC Damas. I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a prophecy. Okay. Okay. Because we have okay. no indication of what the plot to this next movie is gonna be. Here are my predictions: Elsa loses her powers, Anna gets powers, and there's a female Olaf. I'm saying it on the record here. When I'm right, you all owe me things. There we go. Just putting it out there. That is gonna happen. That is those one one if not all three of those things is gonna happen. If I and if I throw in a fourth, other people with powers. There you go. That's the thing. Now, real quick, since we're just making that prediction, is mm-hmm. Anna's powers not? Are they going to be ice related, or Ooh, are they going to be, be the opposite fire. and be it'll like be fire, fire or something like that? <laughs> she does have fiery red hair. <laughs> mm, it's, not, it's not really frozen red. hot. It's not really frozen hot. Oh well. Anyway, <laughs> so there you go. That's that's face that's our... off. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, everybody, you heard it here. TC's prediction yeah. for Frozen 2. Frozen 2 comes out November 27th of 2019, as of at least the time of this podcast being recorded. So perhaps a year and a half from now, we'll do another episode <laughs> for Frozen 2. Uh, <laughs> and uh, just tack that on. I guess I guess for those of you in the future who are listening to this podcast, your present, our future, just yeah. look for episode 50, I think 58, 59, something like that, and uh, see if we actually did that as our episode. <laughs> Was I right? right? We'll now. find yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out in a year and a half with TC's yeah. prediction. Nah, all right. But that's it. Dang, that, we should we've have done, done it. that for Wreck-It Ralph, actually. <laughs> oh, I don't, have, I don't have any predictions for Wreck-It Ralph other than I fear 
emoji movie will hurt this movie yeah (laughs) hopefully not hopefully that's not the direction they go but i digress and with that everybody i think that is all we have for frozen episode tc was there anything would you agree no that's it i've 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 seven pages of notes ladies and gentlemen thank you for all the comments again (laughs) we did it we did it everybody we got through it those of you on my side we got through it those of you on tc's (laughs) side congrats for the the notes yeah Well, 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 that's it for this week's episode of The Frozen. Next week, uh, obviously, please come back and listen as we start to wrap up the, 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 the last couple episodes here of the podcast. Only got three more to go. Mm-hmm. Three more. That's mm, it. It's getting kind of mm-hmm. scary and sad at the same time. But <laughs> next week, episode number 54 is 2014's Big Hero 6. So many numbers. <laughs> so many numbers. A Technically a Marvel movie, for those of you it's who true. are paying attention. Yes. Yeah. It is technically a Marvel movie because it, Big Hero 6 is a Marvel property. <laughs> so... Kind of interesting. And so we're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take like a 180 shift here going from princesses to superheroes. And uh we'll see uh <laughs> let's see how uh you know how I've seen this next movie, but uh we'll see how fun this next one might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So you can hit us up on facebook.com slash topshelfpod. Every week before we start recording, we throw up the episode we're going to discuss. You guys can throw comments and questions at us. As you've seen uh, today, or heard today, uh, we do utilize your comments very, very much so. Uh, and then come back on Wednesday when the episode is, hits, the, hits the air, and let us know what you think, uh, whether it's uh, disagreeing or letting us know we might have missed a point or would like us to elaborate on something. We love engaging in the conversation. So that's at facebook.com slash topshelfpod, or you can tweet at me at TC's Big Head and at Jeff at Random Bell. Woo! Boom. <laughs> Boom, shaka boom, shaka shaka boom boom. So with (laughs) that's it. Well, with that, everybody, that is it. (laughs) Thanks everybody for listening again. We'll see you guys next week. And with that, TC, do your fun little sign off. This has been a podcast. We have been the people you've been listening to, and this is our sign off. (laughs) Let it snow. Let it snow. Why wasn't it that? That would have been a perfect pun. I don't know where you would get that as a good pun. It's um, I know that, puns. Did you listen to the Home on the Range episode? <laughs> I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs>This has been a production of Ghost Hat Media, proud member of the Ghost Hat Network. Find them online at www.ghosthat.net. <laughs> I like the ending. <laughs>